and welcome to this episode. What was that? That was, uh, I'm trying to do a different sailor each week on the boat. What's the name of this podcast? It's called We Miss the Boat. Uh. But um, the intro, I, I get a, I get a sailor from each uh, from each boat that we miss before they leave. I just get a little voice clip from them, and this one was pretty sad when I had them do it. Anyway, the name of this show is We Miss the Boat, and uh, I'm one of your hosts, Josh Cruz, and I'm Michelle. Hey, Michelle, what's this podcast about? <laughs> no, uh, We Miss the Boat is a retrospective podcast where we, uh, one of us or both of us or one of you, brings to the table a could be anybody, could be anybody, um, a game that we or time forgot, yep, or missed out on. And then we talk about the history of it and what it is, and then we play it, and then sometimes it's something that we didn't miss out on, but sometimes it is. Most of the time, so far, pretty good. Mm. Pretty good track record. Mm. There's been a couple. There's been a couple couple slip-ups. There's but... been a couple that I would not classify as bangers, <laughs> but we're pretty good overall. Yeah. So last week, I brought to the table... Uh, Destroy All Humans 2 by Pandemic Games. Yeah. And Josh played it on the PS4, even though it was originally released on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, for their, the, the emulator, PS2 on mm-hmm. PS4. Widescreen. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, I like that Josh, uh, what are your initial... Oh, and just as a preliminary uh, spoiler alert for anything <laughs> story-related in Destroy All Humans 2... Um, it's been 12 years it's been 12 years also there's not really a story to spoil yeah it's so yeah <laughs> so anyways just want to say that and now continue Pre- preliminary thoughts um it's fun the, it's very the, fun the, the shooting and, and you know shooting and the saw so- the saucer is very fun shooting with your zapomatic is very fun um, I have not unlocked all the weapons yet. I'm still missing two weapons um, mm-hmm. for crypto, mm-hmm. um, but I'm probably You'll get them soon. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna unlock them soon because I'm going for the platinum. So. Yeah, because you you finished it this week. You just yeah, I finished you it. You just didn't uh, get the platinum yet. When did I finish it? Yesterday, probably. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It but well, really... when, yeah. When yeah. We're, when we're, <laughs> so it took me all week to finish it. Um, that we, you know, that we had it. So, um, I would. It's very problematic. Yeah. So, like, a lot of things are said or happen in this game that are not aged well. Nor are they appropriate ever, even in the time that the game came out. Yeah. And I... It's very reminiscent of, like, South Park humor. Yes. In the... Just in the sense that, like... I think they're they're poking fun at these stereotypes. But they're not... They're doing it in a very tone deaf way looking at it 12 years later um you know in in that time me as a you know 13 year old boy at the time probably would have found it hilarious and had no problem with it whatsoever um because i had no idea what was what back Mm -hmm. then um but uh yeah playing it now i was like there's a lot of there's a lot of that um there's also also a lot of like actually good jokes and actually good humor in this game oh yeah like the writing I, the writing is very good. The writing um, in this game is amazing. Aside from, I mean, obviously the the problematic aspects of the game, the overall writing style slash yeah. writing that is done in this game yeah. is done well. Right. Yeah, because it, it's it has like a very leisure suit Larry 
yeah kind of writing because there's that whole there's mm-hmm. a whole storyline with the girl um the the femme fatale of the uh-huh. the game and crypto hits on her all game oh all the time um, yeah and it's very lewd it, uh, <laughs> oh there i mean there's a lot of like right you do some body snatching in this game <laughs> and whenever you whenever you teleport into somebody's body and become them it says clean snatch only if you don't well, get seen by anybody. if you don't get seen by yeah. anybody but i mean there right. there is sprinklings of oh, yeah. lewd humor all throughout this right. game and and that was the point of the yeah exactly these games were supposed to be poking fun at the genre of Mm sci-fi poking fun at these retro things and and poking fun at conspiracy theories oh yeah um it's it was supposed to be we kind of touched on it in the first episode but an all-encompassing reference to everything alien related in pop culture yeah and and i think they hit that on the nose and i think that i like stuff like that you know, having like lewd, all that is right. is kind of I think the their way of being like, hey guys, we don't take this seriously. Right. Like right. I think that's how they were trying. I mean, I could be wrong in that, of course, but that's the impression that I get from this game yeah. series is that it's like we're gonna make a sex joke here yeah. because we want you to know that like this is all dumb. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 biggest problem was in. Takushima, the Japanese level. The Japanese level is very yeah because yeah. it sounds like it's all white guys doing yes, um, very racist yes, stereotypical Japanese voices, which is like not cool. No. Um, yeah, there's but, a lot of geisha jokes as well. Yeah, in that level that yeah. are like yikes. Yeah, so there there was some there is. Not so great stuff, but like a lot of the things that that people say around like the first city and so, like there's a mm-hmm. lot of really cool references. There are uh, just yeah. that people say on the street and like they're... in London and San Francisco. Uh-huh. I feel like is where I feel like this game really truly does shine in those two cities, mm-hmm. and then from there, like that's usually when things got for the culture of the game. It got kind of gross and then also just the gameplay in general slash story kind of falls off after that point japan is still really fun to go around the level is the design and the design of that level is good but like obviously other things take away from that and then like the moon is good but like the story gets so convoluted at that (laughs) point that it's kind of like yeah i mean it's just at that point you're just shooting bigger monsters exactly and and it's all fine like Mm -hmm. i i had no problem with how the story went and why I did no. that because I wasn't playing it for the story. I was no, playing and, to and shoot stuff and, and no one up. should play this game for yeah. the story. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's it is uh, they know it's rid- as ridiculous as yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, so I I had a good uh, I had a good time with it. Uh, you know, it has that collectathon aspect to it with the tech cells and the yeah uh, the the artifacts and stuff. Yeah, so I I'm a big fan of that. I grew up playing exactly uh, banjo kazooie and mario 64 what's funny about that is and and we kind of talked about it on the last episode as well but um that's kind of this game was the first game in my memory that i can remember that i played and collected everything yeah this was my intro to collecting things and i think oh so we bought this because it like we bought it on sale on 
PS4, and then we bought the first one on sale because we saw that there were platinum trophies for both of them. And Josh sat there and watched me just go through the first area and collect all of the little collectibles of the first game just based off of knowing about where they're supposed to be and like that is so ingrained in my brain Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad that you got to experience that in this game because the collecting in this game is so satisfying because it's just like it immediately tells you how many there are it tells you like your progress oh i just i love the way the collectibles work in this game (laughs) yeah they're, they're very good um yeah and i and it's it's fun to go around on the jetpack once you have it fully upgraded yeah um, it's pretty fun once you're upgraded in this game the, i feel like the jetpack upgrade and the brain upgrade yeah, are the can... two that are like okay now you can just kind of have fun in yeah. this game and not worry about anything yeah i think my favorite weapon mm-hmm. is the meteor i think it's the meteor mm-hmm. the it's meteor pretty cool. is awesome I like the incinerator weapon, oh, yeah, the, but that's in the first one as well. Yeah. That's not new. Right. Um, I like, but I like that one a lot. The upgrades for that are pretty good. So I like the ion detonator. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. That one's pretty good. I was telling you, uh, but I'll mention it here that when uh, I blew up a car on the moon, but it didn't actually blow up; it just flipped it over on its back and stopped two other trucks behind it and these, this is all part of my mission and then i called the meteor down on all three i still I think that up. was like a clutch move that you did there <laughs> yeah I, I was really happy that i you can if you like to do it if you like big boom like this game is good for that like <laughs> if you want to make something go boom <laughs> Yeah. And destroy something i mean yeah. that it's literally the name of the game like, oh yeah and destroying buildings in this game is actually pretty satisfying even though it doesn't look that great but it's, like it is very nice it feel the, i feel like the controls because you played the first one mm-hmm. i feel like the controls in the second one for the saucer ha- were definitely better um like more more smooth mm-hmm. But I just, I feel like just as a whole, the saucer mechanic of these Destroy All Human games is like, it's like butter. Like it, yeah, it's it, pretty good. it feels really nice. And I don't understand how this game came out when it did. And like, it can have controls that feel good like that. The only thing I don't understand is why there was no sprint button while you're, while you're crypto and no boost button while you're in the saucer because you mm-hmm. are so slow. And I think they did that to make the map seem bigger. I to, think they to, did too. To like work with pop in and stuff and, and, and load I, times across maps. I believe that that is exactly what they were going for yeah. there. And also to encourage you to... It, when you're crypto yeah um get your jetpack upgrades because yeah. your jetpack does in a way you do end go up, a lot faster yeah it, it ends up as your sprint yeah. and instead of using stamina you're using the jetpack's right. power and i think that that was intentional i think that that was their workaround of okay we can still make the map generate yeah. enough if you're on the jetpack so you feel like you're going a little bit yeah. faster and as far as like technically mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive as far like as this, for, for being a ps2 game this, how much they fit into each yeah. level uh with no hardly yeah. no load time uh, the load times on this are really low that isn't that i mean that they, could be the ps4 no, no. oh no because it is an no, emulator so the, the the ps2 version of this game it loads exactly the same it's just as fast 
Um, and then I would also say that the like they did obviously upres this, but not that much. Yeah. And it, I load. This was the first time I'd seen these games in ten years. Right. And they looked great. <laughs> oh yeah. Like the like even. Yeah, you could like, tell. You could tell. You could crypto's, tell. Um, you can tell Crypto's model had been up-res had been a up-res, little bit. But the environment, for the most part, looked almost the same as it used to. Yeah. And, but I just didn't realize that it would still look good to me, like, yeah. today. Yeah. And I think that they... I think that what they were working with technology at the time, they did a really good yeah. job. You could, you could tell, like, they had, they had like, a, a spherical bubble mm-hmm. around your, yes. your character yeah. where it had all the, the high-res models mm-hmm. and anything outside of that... It was just was low, low poly models yeah. and you, you could see that, but it didn't really bother me too much. No, uh, it was it, the whole, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I feel like the whole fact that you are this, this alien creature, whatever kind of helps with any visual differences or abnormalities that you notice because you're like, well, you wouldn't be used to like looking at things like this. So they might look funny to you at first. Like you can kind of like justify how something would look. Uh, I can justify it. I don't know about that one. But... I think it's, I think it's. <laughs> but no, I mean, either way, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't really have a problem. It doesn't look bad. Yeah. Like... And, and for a PS2 game, that it, it looked looked really good and it performed. It performed really well. Yeah. I only had one instance where. Um, I was doing a side mission and I had to like drop boxes of flyers into specific spots mm-hmm. in London and I dropped it and turned around before and before it hit the ground, it had despawned because I had turned around and moved away from it. Uh, and that, that's the only time I ever had a problem with it. But playing through the whole story, it was never an issue. So the side missions, I will say, and I feel like I remember this from when I played it on PS2, ha- were more likely to glitch out or be weird for me. Yeah. And I think that's just because, you know, they're side missions. They're not really, right. especially the really weird one-off ones. Like, yeah. I don't think they're expecting a lot of people to do no. that, especially in playstation 2 era where there's no trophies right so they're really not expecting you to do right. it unless you like to go around and do right. everything so i i think that it's just a matter of like it didn't get enough attention yeah the the dialogue as far as uh crypto's dialogue and like mm-hmm. the main story dialogue is pretty good yeah um it's i i ended up uh, skipping a lot of dialogue. Yes, there's it a. It takes a long time, and there's a. It kind of seems like there's a lot of dead air at the end of each line. That was like, all right, let's let's speed it up a little bit, get to the next line, and and every time they did, like it'd be a big long winded line, and then a lot of dead air, and then the next line, you know, the voice. The dialogue. Would come in, but I in in these games, like just in Destroy All Humans games, yeah. has always had a little bit of that to it. Yeah. It I mean, it's just like I don't really know why they would need to do something like that or why that kind of decision was made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that I, I do remember that. I skipped a lot of dialogue in this game every time I've played it. Yeah. I mean Yeah, and that's fine. And I wish like I kind of regret skipping it because a lot of the dialogue is is good it's oh just, it's good yeah i was like it's not gonna help you in the no, long run no, no no i mean it doesn't not not for the story or anything but just you know listening to the lines that the mm-hmm. that the writers wrote because 
by all means. I mean, it's a well written game. I mean, the, the and lines Crypto, in this game are Crypto's a well written character. Yeah. Like he every time that Crypto does or says something, I'm like, yeah, that fits him. Yeah. Like it it makes sense. Yeah, just a, a horny old man. <laughs> he really that's really what he yeah. feels like. Yeah. And which I mean, like th- that's exactly Right. That's his character. Right. That's how he seems. Like I, I really do feel like these main characters were like the the major parts of this game are like true to character. Yeah. Uh, nothing fell out of place in something that they would do or say. Yeah, I think that's it because there's not much else to this game. No, there's really not. I mean, it. I'm just I'm glad that you played it. Yeah, and I'm glad that we got to talk about it because I really Pandemic is one of those studios yeah. that like I miss so yeah. much, and yeah. I I wish I could know what they would be able to have created, right. you know, especially for something like a PlayStation Four right. or even further. I really think that they were kind of ahead of their time in the types of games that they were making, and 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 I mean, EA was their downfall (laughs) so i just like to talk about pandemic games because i think that they made really cool stuff but would you say that you missed the boat on this game sure i mean it was it's fun i mean i'm still having fun i'm still playing yeah um so and i'm gonna i'm gonna keep playing it until i get the platinum so and what would you rate it oh this is like solid swimming in seven yeah this is a solid seven game Yeah, yeah i would like might it might be like a six uh in today's like if if i if i knew what i knew now just socially today yeah, like i would yeah. be like hey maybe don't play this game yeah if, like <laughs> but you're good at social skills yeah. <laughs> i believe what 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 did we say last week it got like an average of like seven and a half eight oh it got eight yeah. So yeah, yeah. so for the time, would yeah. you agree with that rating? Sure, because the I mean, especially the the audio and the all the, oh, all the, the voices audio, in this game, yeah. like for being a a game from two thousand six on the PS two, like this is a, a you... humdinger of a of an audio yeah. quality game. It really is. Yeah. It was praised for that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's okay. a it's a six six point seven five from me, Alex. I didn't ask for quarter measurements, but that's okay. That's okay. You'll get them anyway. Pew pew. My foot fell asleep. Okay. Um. Well, then I guess that brings us to the subject of today's podcast. Yes. Which is a we missed the boat. It's a we missed. We missed. We both missed out on this game. Um, so as you can tell by the title of the episode, we are going to be talking about what remains of Edith Finch. Yeah. Just as a start, do you know anything about this game? Uh, not really. I know that, uh, what? Careful what you say. I know that you are a girl Mm -hmm. named Edith Finch, Uh Edith Finch, Uh and you go to, uh, your Washington, uh, your your family's I don't, it's a family member's house who has recently died. Yes, I don't know that. I it's, didn't know that. There, it's, or somebody has died, or because I know this game deals with death a lot. Okay, I do know it deals with death. Okay, um, and it's like kind of like gone home, and that you're just like walking around and dealing with stuff, and like you're kind of finding stuff, but and making it making it do other stuff with mm-hmm. with. Uh, you know, keys and and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of good stuff like that. And I know it's very um, 
I think it gets spooky a little bit. I, I See, that's what I'm curious about. It's so, got a little bit of a spooky to it. So what I know about what remains of Edith Finch myself is I knew who the developer and publisher were. Oh, yeah. yeah. I knew when it came out. And no, I didn't even know when it came out. I just knew that it was out last yeah. year of as of recording the podcast right. that it was out in 2017. Um, and I knew that a lot of people really liked it a lot. Yeah. But there is some interesting information about this game. And I know it's short. It's short. Yeah. It's real short. Um, you can play it in one sitting. Yeah. We're talking shorter than inside. This shorter than inside yeah. by about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, we are not going to be discussing any really major plot points on this episode, so if you're worried about that, you're good. Yeah. Um, we will be going in-depth about spoilers on the next episode when we talk about our playthrough and everything. Oh, yeah. But uh, for now, it's very surface level because, of course, we don't know anything and we don't want to know anything at yeah. this point. Um, so, yeah, you're totally good to keep listening even if you haven't played this game. So, What Remains of Edith Finch was released in April of 2017 for um windows and ps4 okay later on in the summer um it was released on xbox for xbox one in july okay. of the same year it was developed by giant sparrow yeah now what do, do you know anything about giant sparrow yeah, yourself swan i played unfinished swan you did yeah. okay so i didn't know about this game I, really i have it I had maybe I'll make you play that too. I might want you to make me play that game yeah. because it, I saw the like elevator pitch for what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really cool, and it sounded really interesting. But I thought that What Remains of Edith Finch was their first game. Oh no! So I I thought that was interesting yeah. that they had a game that came out in 2012, and it was as Josh said, it was called The Unfinished Swan. Came out on PlayStation Three. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I think that's where I played it because I. I I think it was a PS Plus game that would make at sense. some point. That like would make right sense. after PS4 came out. Yeah. Um, they they made that a PS3 game. Mm-hmm. I think because I, I think it was before the PS4 version came out. It Probably could've, it could have been the PS4 game though. I'll have to double check. Yeah, we'll check that yeah. later. Um, but yeah, so this was only and as of recording this podcast, What Remains of Edith Finch is the only other game the Giant yeah. Sparrow has made or announced that they have made mm-hmm. or are working on up until this point. Um, it was published by Annapurna Interactive, who is no stranger to this podcast because we have discussed their games before. Um, in case you don't know who Annapurna Interactive is, they published Florence, uh, they published Gorgoa, Wadham, and Donut County Mm -hmm. was one of their most recent releases. Um, I kind of looked into this. But I believe that What Remains of Edith Finch was their first published game. It was the first game that Annapurna Interactive published. Because when you look up into their like timeline, yeah. it's the first one. Really? So I believe that is the case from well, everything I could find. Well, if that's the case, they are on a roll. Well, I didn't know that. I thought and they had I think some... I think as a side note, that's really interesting yeah. because now we're a little over a year, almost two years later from yeah. when this game came out. And if you look at the timeline of Annapurna Interactive, they have just evolved into this very interesting game publisher who is creating games that are experiences. Right. They're games that aren't necessarily like 
your traditional game. Right. And, and well, because they're a film company. Exactly. Yeah. And so they're, they're taking like the world of like creativity and storytelling yeah. in films and right. they're, they're finding projects that combine that with games and resulting in things like Florence and like Donut County and like mobile experiences. I mean, when Donut County released, it came out on mobile. It came out on Mac and PC. It came out on, um, on like platform, all platforms except switch basically. And and not Android phones, I think. Oh man. And I want to play Donut County on my switch. I know. Right. I'm sure that's coming. I also, you mentioned gone home. Um, looking into this, I found out that Annapurna interactive brought gone home onto switch, Oh yeah, that's right. which was really interesting. So it, it is kind of cool to see how Mm. Edith Finch and their success and what Edith Finch is, kind of helped shape the future for Annapurna Interactive as far as games go. Gone Home was Fulbright? Fulbright, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, anyways, this, What Remains of Edith Finch was directed and written by Ian Dallas. It was produced by Alvin Nelson and Michael Fallick. I and... wanted all of their last names to be cities. <laughs> <laughs> and it was designed by Chris Bell, and the artist was Brandon Marty Nowicks. I don't know exactly how to say his name. Martinovich. Mm. Thank you. Got your bag. <laughs> um, so What Remains of Edith Finch is, from what I understand, a single-player adventure game that is focused on the story, and everyone has referred to it as a walking simulator. Right. It is your typical walking simulator in the sense of how you play the game. Right. It's from what I understand, far from typical in the way that the story plays out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very unique experience yeah. for a game. Um, you play as Edith, and you explore a house, which I believe is a family home, but I didn't want to look too far into that. Yeah. Just from uh, what I've heard, that that I believe I it, believe it is it's going yeah. into like like you you deal a lot with deaths of different members of the family from what i understand from what i could find on giant sparrow's website and um on gog.com um it looked like things do get kind of spooky they get kind of dark and different um because you are learning about the stories of every family member that's in this house um it and on gog G-O-G dot com it they say that this game is quote ultimately it's a game about what it feels like to be humbled and astonished by the vast and unknowable world around us end quote so that's like the summary of what this game is about <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah so i mean I, yeah without knowing much about it i mean i i've always been interested since this I've, game came out i have always wanted to play this game i remember simone uh at Polygon made a video about this game like okay for their game of the year stuff. Oh, this and was in a lot of game of the year conversations yeah. on a lot of like games media outlets. Yeah. People, you know, it wasn't it obviously in a year where we had Breath of the Wild yeah. and Super Mario Odyssey and Persona and Horizon, yeah. this wasn't like an actual it's game of the year, right. but it was in almost everybody's end of the year wrap-up videos or articles it was talked about it was at least an honorable mention for every major media source and games from from everything i saw it 
it was talked about so much and it was talked about after the E3 in 2015, I believe, when they brought that to, um, when they brought it to E3 and people yeah. played it and everyone was like, this was the best game of E3 that I played. Yeah. And so from everything I understand, this is a phenomenal game and it's a well-loved yeah. game and I'm hoping that it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just to kind of go into that more for the reviews for this game... On Metacritic, for um, it kind of varies a little bit. Um, for PC, it has an 89, PS4, 88, and Xbox One, 92. I don't know what changed in Xbox One. I don't know why those reviews are higher. Just, I mean, it could be just the way that the average works out. Maybe a couple people gave it 10 out of 10s yeah. on there i don't know i don't know um and then across the board for major sites destructoid gave it a nine egm gave it a seven game informer gave it an 8.75 ign gave it an 8.8 um and polygon gave it a nine out of ten so yeah what happened over at egm on that one i wonder yeah maybe it was you know this is the kind of and this is kind of an interesting conversation that we don't necessarily have to have right now but (laughs) it is it is interesting to see the reception to walking simulators walking simulators in my opinion and this is totally my opinion are a wonderful medium to introduce people to gaming Mm -hmm. that may not want to play traditional video games but may want to experience the storytelling and amazing art that is inside of video games they don't they don't want to go around and collect 40 furotechs no they don't (laughs) (laughs) or for people who um have disabilities that aren't able to play the same kind of games that you know like not not everyone is able to play like a spider-man on ps4 not everybody you know it's just not accessible both physically and financially for some people. So I think that walking simulators are great, but I do understand that there are a lot of reviewers out there that have a bias against them. There are a lot of sites, not so much anymore because we've gotten so many great ones, but there are a few sites that have staff that will show bias against walking simulators. And you kind of just, it's like visual novels. Like it's a niche. You have to understand that it's a niche and if it's not your niche, maybe you shouldn't yeah. cover the game. And it's a niche I'm falling into pretty hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're just getting so many amazing yeah. like games right now that are just... Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm digging visual novels right now. They're they're nice. I'm, I'm <laughs> they're, getting into them. They're immersive enough to where it's like... If they're well written, I yeah, mean, you, it, you can really get invested in these characters. You, yeah, you really can. Yeah. And, and I think that's... It, it is to the credit of the amazing writers that are on those yeah. teams that are just like making sure that the yeah. stories flow beautifully. And like the ones that I'm playing are, are like Danganronpa is Japanese and like the localization that has to go yeah. on in games like that must take forever. Yep. And it is, it's very good all the way through. Yeah. I, can, I can't even imagine how much time that takes. And we'll to... talk about that more when I play Danganronpa. Yeah. Um, anyways. So it also was, of course, nominated for some awards. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It won a, quite a few awards, actually. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch in the the first award that it won was at the Game Awards in 2017 mm-hmm. for Best Narrative, mm-hmm. um, which was to the surprise of nobody. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, I remember what was 
up with that? Was that uh, uh, Hellblade was part of that? Hellblade was part of that, and that was the only competitor that yeah. I thought was there. Right. Night in the Woods was in there, oh, okay, I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it was up against some tough competition, yeah. but it was really no surprise when right. this won Best Narrative. Yeah. It really, Hellblade. That's the game we need to play for the podcast. Yeah, as we, a side we note. did miss the boat. On we that missed one. the boat on that hard. one hard. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so it was nominated for a ton of awards. You know, at the Golden Joystick Awards, at the Dice Awards, they won some awards at the National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviewers. Um, and they and we've talked about the after. <laughs> We've talked about the uh, Games for Change Awards before mm-hmm. because Life is Strange won right. an award there. And I believe a couple other games that we've um, played in the past have won awards. I think Inside won an award yeah. from them. Life is Strange only got nominated because it rhymes. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Sorry, anyways, that, was a dumb, that was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. Um, I'm kicked off the podcast. Anyways, she, t- she just told me. Anyways, what remains of Edith Finch won Best Gameplay for the 2018 Games for Change Awards. So that's it's yeah. great. I mean, a gameplay award is pretty crazy for a visual or right. not for yeah, a walking simulator. Yeah. So it's got high praise. That's high praise. <laughs> cool. Which is basically, I mean. As you guys know from our episode where we discussed Inside, there's not a whole lot we can really talk about before yeah. we play the game, yeah. but that's that's what remains of Edith Finch. That's how it came to be and uh, and what everyone else thought about it. So yeah. I'm excited to play it this week and find out if I feel the same way. And I really hope I do. Yeah. Because I'm going to be really sad if this game doesn't meet my expectations. <laughs> I don't think we'll have to worry about it. I that. don't think we will either. <laughs> well... We're almost done with the podcast. Oh, no. It's time for a little segment. Don't do the song. Our dogs are on one today, and they're at our door to our recording room. It's a segment called Now Boarding. That's all they get? That's all they get get on the song. (laughs) Okay. um, Josh, do you have something for Now Boarding? Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) I went into the segment. I didn't have anything. I've been playing. Uh... <laughs> I've been playing this brand new game called Danganronpa no, Two. Stop! <laughs> we can't. I am hereby banning you from mentioning that game until we do the episode on it. This is no. This is the second one. No. I'm playing the second no. one. No. I'm playing it. No. Yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, I know you're playing it, but like. Um, I just put, uh, I took Dragon Ball Fighters out of my PS4 for the first time in three months, and, uh, I booted up Monster Hunter World again, so maybe I'll start playing that a little more, who knows? I guess we'll- start kicking that around. I guess we'll find out, won't we? Start beating some monsters up. I don't have anything for now boarding, um, because I spent my last, like, 48 hours of existence- hardcore playing persona 5 to finish it and when you're listening to this episode um our chronology is going to be all out of whack no when you're listening to this episode persona 5 episode will be live so go ahead and go back to last week and listen to our persona 5 episode because listen we haven't recorded it yet but i bet you it's a great one Because my caffeine is kicking in, which means I'm ready. I do a lot of defending of some characters and a lot of hating on some characters. I'm calling it now. 
So don't miss the boat on our episode about Persona 5 from last week. And anybody who wants to keep a, a chronology list for true listening order of the episodes of our podcast, oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, the it's like the MCU, but it's like yeah. the WMTBU. Yeah. We missed the boat university. Oh, sorry. It sounded like there was a human in our home, and I about had a heart attack. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it on this I think episode. that is. It's a short and sweet one. Yeah. That's a, oh, yeah. That's a tight 36. <laughs> <laughs> now it's past. All right, all right. Let's get out of here. Like I say every week on this show that we call We Missed the Boat. Do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs>